You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Well, this morning as we celebrate this great day, uh, we're reminded of, of, of several amazing things, aren't we? We're reminded of the, the death that Jesus bore on the cross and what that means for every one of us. We understand this truth, that, or we need to understand this truth, is that death was imminent. That there was nothing that we could do personally to escape death, that the sentence of death hung on every one of us. But the Bible tells us that the greatest act of love that any of us will ever know was manifest when God sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to come and to pay that debt that we were unable to pay and anything that we could ever do. We were stuck. And Jesus came. And one of the most beautiful things that I I love about Jesus, there's so much to love about Jesus, but Jesus says this about himself, is that he wasn't put to death, he chose to die. And that speaks of the larger issue of the cross and what the cross represents. Not only was death imminent, but the cross was final. Meaning that the sacrifice that Jesus made was able to take care of any sin that any person would ever commit, both in the past and in the future. And the good news for every person today is this, is that there is not anything that you have ever done that is greater than the sacrifice that Jesus gave at the cross. Death was imminent, the sacrifice was final, but the act was a permanent stain of love for you. Because even though God redeemed humanity past and present through that sacrificial act, Jesus had you on his mind. When Jesus went to the cross, he went for Andy, and he went for you, and he went for you. And it's the greatest act of love that could ever be committed. The last few weeks, we've been talking about this wonderful love and what it does to us. We've been using a word called redeemed. And redeemed is a powerful word because it means that it gets us out of the place where we could not be, we could not get out in our own ability to get unstuck from our sin. But the word redeemed also has a beautiful, another beautiful definition, which is to bring us into a place of life. And if the cross allows us to know that that Jesus, through that sacrificial act, broke the power of sin for us, What the empty tomb tells us is this, is that we have new life through that empty tomb, don't we? See, because that empty tomb said a lot. That empty tomb said that death could not hold Jesus down. And doesn't it make sense that if anything could hold Jesus down, that it would be the the sum total of humanity's sin? There are things in, in, in our lives that we feel that uh, we walk around with the, the stain of guilt upon us. But just imagine for a second if you can even put your mind there to think that all of the guilt from all of humanity was put upon Jesus. And if death could hold anybody down, wouldn't it have been Jesus? But see, death could not hold Jesus down, and the empty tomb proves that. And what it speaks to us is this, is because death could not hold Jesus down, then death cannot hold us down. Sin cannot hold us down when we put our trust in Jesus. And the empty tomb speaks of that. It speaks of the life that's given through that sacrificial act. 
That in the places of death that we've once experienced in our life, that we can have new life. This morning, uh, just quickly, I want to share two stories with you. One you're going to hear from me, and one you're going to see on a video. One's a story that Jesus was involved in with a dear friend of his. Somebody he loved. Somebody that had tasted the sting of death. The second story is somebody that's in this church who's tasted the victory of the empty tomb. And I want you to hear both of these because I believe that every person here is going to connect some, in some way in one of these two stories. In John chapter 11, Jesus tells a story of a dear friend of his named Lazarus. And some of you may be familiar with this story and if you don't have your Bibles this morning, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell the story. Jesus loses a friend. He doesn't just lose a friend. A friend of his is dead. Jesus loved Lazarus. And this particular miracle is set apart. It's a little different than the other times where Jesus rose the dead. See, Lazarus was a personal friend. Somebody he had a relationship with. Somebody who Jesus loved. And another thing that separated this from the other miracles that Jesus did is that in contrast to the other people that Jesus raised from the dead, Lazarus was really dead. Let me explain. Lazarus wasn't a little dead. He wasn't fresh dead. Lazarus was dead, dead. Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. Lazarus was stinky dead. There was no doubt in anybody's mind what was going on with Lazarus. He was gone. And Jesus gets word of this, and it's as if Jesus knows exactly what's going on. And he begins to tell his disciples, he has this conversation, and there's three conversations that I want to give you a glimpse in. And if you would this morning, just maybe you've heard this story before, but I want you to step into the middle of it and begin to feel and see the emotion because... Jesus has three important conversations in John 11 that gives, uh, gives us an understanding of exactly what the resurrection is all about for every one of us today. The first conversation that Jesus has is, is with his disciples. And he begins to tell his disciples, he says, listen, Lazarus is asleep. He's asleep. He's sleeping. And that was a metaphor for death. But his disciples were just uh, tardy to the party. They didn't pick up on exactly what Jesus was saying. And they began to think that Jesus was actually talking about natural sleep. And in John eleven fourteen, the Bible tells us this is what Jesus said. So then he told them plainly, he had to just break it down. He had to get very, very simple with his disciples. And he said, Lazarus is dead. He's not sleeping He's not taking a nap. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Think about those words with me for just a second. It almost seems like Jesus is a bit arrogant. I'm glad I wasn't there. But Jesus, you're the guy who heals everybody right before they're about to die. I'm glad I wasn't there. What do you mean, Jesus? This is what you do. This is what you're famous for. This is what people flock to you for. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake, disciples. 
That's a very bold, powerful statement. And it's not like Jesus was being brash, nor was Jesus being arrogant, but he was setting the tone for what was about to happen in a powerful truth he was delivering to his disciples and giving us today. The truth that Jesus was giving to his disciples that he wanted them to understand was this, is that Jesus is greater than death. See, what he was telling his disciples is this. I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake because I need you to see something. Because in just a little while, what's going to happen is you're going to watch me go to the cross. You're going to see them pull my lifeless body off of that cross. You're going to watch them as they wrap me in the cloths where I'm wrapped up tight just like Lazarus. You're going to watch them put me into a grave. You're going to watch the stone roll over the mouth of the grave. And just like Lazarus and just like Lazarus's family, you're going to think that it's finished. But I need you to know something. I am greater than death. I am greater than death. This morning, you're not facing physical death. But maybe you're facing the brokenness that comes from a broken heart that feels like death. A type of death that comes through the pain and the weight of fear. The grip of addiction. The broken relationship. There's a broken part of your heart, of your life, that feels like death. And this is a truth about the resurrection. Is that Jesus is greater than death. Jesus is greater than death. Jesus and his disciples traveled down to where Lazarus lived, and he comes up upon this scene in the middle of a, what would be called a, a shiva, which is a seven-day funeral. That's a long funeral. Where the house there that Lazarus lived in would be shut down. That it would just be, be completely draped in black and dark. And all of the family members would be, be weeping and they'd have ash on their body and it would be a dark, miserable, broken home. And Jesus walks in there and he goes up to one of Lazarus' sisters, Martha, and he sees Martha. And this is the second conversation that I want you to hear. In John eleven twenty one through 27, Martha goes to Jesus and says, Lord... If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Wow. you got to understand that that cut Jesus right to the heart. And what Martha's doing is just laying a little bit of her hurt upon Jesus, which is natural. But then she puts all of her chips on the table as if just to place one last bet with Jesus to see if Jesus could do something. She says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. I really wish you could have been here, Jesus, because you could have prevented this. You could have stopped this. But I know who you are, and I know that you're close to God. And just maybe, just maybe, God will hear you in this situation. Martha wasn't speaking from a place of hope. She was speaking from a place of death. She was speaking as somebody who had nothing to lose. Jesus recognized this. And he baits her with a question, with a statement, and says to her, Your brother will rise again. And what happens next comes from a heart of a person that has no hope. Because Martha thinks that Jesus is just giving just an answer to pacify her. 
See, Martha thinks that Jesus is just saying something to just kind of make her feel better. Martha thinks that Jesus is talking about a future thing, and so she responds as a person with no hope, and she says, yes, yes, Lord, I know that he will rise again at the resurrection at the last day, and what Martha's talking about is a future event. Those who died in God, their physical bodies will be resurrected in the last days. And she's saying, yes, Lord, I understand, I understand. But Jesus gives the truth. And here it is. Jesus says, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about, Martha. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, they will live. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus, that's my timer. I'm up. Sorry, guys. I got to go. <laughs> We're all connected. It's all right. It's Justin's watch. He's, 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 in a, he's a Mac guy. It's all over him. Everything dings when he gets a call. It's okay. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die... They will live. And whoever lives by believing me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus introduces a powerful truth to Martha that you need to hear today. And Martha gets it. She looks at Jesus and says, yes, I know who you are. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And this is the truth. Jesus is greater than death. But Jesus is able to take the dead areas in your heart, in your life, and bring life to them. Jesus is greater than death, but he is so much greater than death that he's able to bring life to the dead areas in your heart. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he was speaking not just to this moment with Lazarus, but he was speaking to his own resurrection that was to come just in just a little while when his disciples would be gathered around an empty tomb, not quite understanding, not uh, quite connecting the dots of what Jesus had said, and he wanted them to remember this because the tomb was empty, even though you saw me die, even though you saw me be wrapped up and put into a tomb, because that tomb is empty, I want you to know that I am greater than death, and I am able to bring life to the dead areas that are in you. And this morning, that same truth, that same Jesus is here. And he's here for you. Not only does he see the pain of the dead areas in your heart and he's able to overcome them, but he wants to bring life to those areas too. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring peace. He wants to bring freedom. That's who he is. The last conversation that Jesus has is with Lazarus' other sister Mary in John eleven thirty two. Jesus asks where Mary is, and Mary comes and sees Jesus. And in verse 32 of John 11, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. This time, <laughs> it's really time to go. <laughs> this time... It's not Martha trying to hold out just one last bet to see if Jesus could do something. It's Mary, and Mary is completely broken. And when she goes to Jesus, the scripture goes on and tells us this is when 
Jesus wept. When Jesus cried, Jesus connected into the brokenness that was going on with Martha and Mary. He connected, he felt that, he felt the love that he had for his friend. He felt the sting of death that faces creation. He felt that weightiness. He felt it for you. He felt the brokenheartedness that you walked through. He felt the death that you walked through. He felt it, and he had compassion on it. And what he says to Mary next is so important for every person here. He doesn't get profound. He says, where did you lay his body at? Let's go. And he goes to the place that, where Lazarus is laid. And he provides this last powerful truth about the resurrection. Jesus is greater than death. Jesus brings life to the dead areas in our heart. And Jesus comes to you. He sees you where you are. You don't have to come to him. He comes to you. See, there's nothing that you can possibly do to deserve the love that Jesus gave you, but yet He comes to you. He sees you in your broken place. He sees you in your hurt place. He sees you in your destitute place, and He comes to you. The rest of the story is beautiful. Jesus goes to Lazarus' tomb, and the stone has covered the grave. Lazarus' body would have been wrapped up tightly in this gauze-like material. It's to keep the decaying body together as the, the flesh is rotting off of it. It's disgusting. And it would have been saturated with fragrance to keep the stench of, of, of decomposition away. It had been set back like 10 to 20 feet inside the tomb. And Jesus stands and he says, listen, remove the stone and they go, no, we can't because if we do, it's gonna, the odor is going to come and just punch you in the face. And Jesus says, remove the stone. And after they remove the stone, he walks into the mouth of this tomb and he cries out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And what we see is the picture of what the resurrection means and what Jesus and only Jesus can do. And the truth that he overcame death, he brings life. And he comes to us in our broken areas. Emerging from this tomb is a man who is trying to get free of the galls that had binded him in death. Walking into new life. Jesus is greater than death. Jesus restores life. And Jesus comes to us in the place of our need. This morning I told you we had two stories, and this is Lazarus' story, and some of you identify with this, but I want you to hear a story from a friend of mine. Watch this on the screens, please. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. What a testimony, what a powerful truth, what a truth about the resurrection, what a truth about what Jesus and only Jesus can do. Wow. Man. This is why he came. This is why he laid down his life. But he rose again. Some of you this morning need to experience that new life that comes through the resurrection.
Some of you this morning need to believe in the one and put your trust in the one who is greater than the death in your life. Whether it's for the first time because of sin and the weight of guilt is overwhelming you and you need that lifted off. Put your trust in the one who is able to break that power of condemnation and guilt off of you. The one who loved you and laid down his life for you. Maybe it's a death that comes through a broken area of your heart, a broken relationship or fear. Fear for the future. Fear for your physical body. Some of you, it may be because of the grip of addiction in your life and you feel like that is haunting you and chasing you down. But today, the one who is greater than death, Jesus Christ, is here. Put your trust in him. He showed it in John 11 with Lazarus and he proved it in his own empty tomb. That he is greater than death. And some of you this morning need to turn to him because you've trusted in him and it's time to allow him to bring life into the area of your heart that has been stained by death. And he will do that. Devin's testimony proves that truth. To take that thing, that gift that God gave, that, that the enemy corrupted, that became a trap, became something that was painful. And when Devin put his trust in Jesus, Jesus redeemed that part of his life. And his own testimony says this, I understand what music was created for. It's amazing. But understand this, no matter where you are today, you don't have to move. You just have to say, Jesus, I welcome you, and he comes to you. He comes to you. He comes to you in your brokenness. He comes to you in your pain. He comes to you in your death. He comes to you. And this morning, this is what Easter is about. This is the best way to celebrate Jesus, the truth of who Jesus is, by allowing him to come in into those areas of our life and to touch them and to make them new, to redeem them. Can I pray with you this morning? Let's pray. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. In the same way that Jesus went to the cross and he had you on his mind, this morning you are on his mind. And I want you just if you can in this moment, I know it may be difficult to block out everybody else and to make this a personal moment between you and Jesus. Because some of you here today, like Lazarus, like Devin's story, you're, there's some dead areas that you need to commit and trust Jesus with. And what I want to do here in just a second is I want to come in agreement with you. I want to pray with you. And all I'm going to ask you to do is to raise up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you by bringing you up. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. Just a quick slip of your hand up and you can put it back down. But this morning, if you related to Lazarus' story or Devin's story, and there's a place of death, whether it's a result of sin or brokenheartedness, but you need to have an encounter with Jesus, the one who is greater than death, would you just, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just lift up your hand right where you are. Thank you. All over this place. Thank you. Thank you. This morning, if, like Lazarus and Devin, that you say, Jesus, I need you to bring some life 
I'm ready to step into a place of life. I'm ready to move and to embrace that life that you have for me. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, I thank you that this is why you came. This is why you came. And every person here sitting in this place, even those who raised their hands, that you had them on your heart and on your mind when you went to the cross. And, and Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice, the broken, your broken body and your blood that you allowed to be shed at Calvary. Because it's through that that death is defeated. And so right now, for every person that raised their hand, Jesus, we put our trust in you as the one who has overcome sin and has overcome death and has overcome brokenness. And so Jesus, begin to flood into hearts right now, begin to touch people's hearts right now with the touch of your love that allows them to know that you are the one who overcame death for them. Begin to touch the broken areas. Begin to touch the guilty areas, the stain of guilt. Begin to lift that off. Begin to heal the broken hearts. Begin to restore life. Begin to do, Jesus, what you came to do. Holy Spirit, we thank you for doing that in every life here. We thank you for that. And we celebrate your new life. Just with me all over this place. Make this confession with me. Jesus, I trust in you as the one who overcame death and brought life. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that for me. I receive that. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. I know so many of you prayed that prayer this morning. And if you did, no embarrassment. But if you're willing, sign a connect card and let us know so that we can help you in your journey. Would you stand with me as we celebrate one more time this beautiful resurrection day and what Jesus did. The band's going to lead us in one chorus and you're going to have a wonderful, wonderful Easter.